conversation with you about Mintaka that I had with the delightful and beloved Serafina Blackman. Uh, we actually talked for an hour after we wrapped this up off mic as well. Um, she was just absolutely fantastic on both her podcast, which is part one of this conversation and then this is part two they each stand alone on their own with the subject matter but they're definitely connected and uh it was kind of funny because we were supposed to talk about Mintaka on hers and then somehow we just got on a whole bunch of other things but I am so happy to present this because I think for people who uh are Mintaka aware <laughs> and feel any of that sadness. I think this may be very healing for many of you because um, it's not quite what we thought, at least in my experience and in Serafina's. So we answered some questions for each other, had a little mini channeling. And I just wanted to mention a couple funny audio things um, with her being in Trinidad, me here in Colorado, and all of the technological things that happen. Um, for some reason, the dogs on her end that would bark, they would almost only do it when I started talking about something really juicy, like some Mintaka tea spilling. So uh, bear with the barking and try to hear what I'm saying. And then... Um, there are moments in the conversation where the recording somehow is turned out slightly out of sync with each other and it's almost like we're talking simultaneously. It's like a an audio representation of a telepathic communication. It's very interesting. So, you know, if it sounds like we're talking over each other or we're a little ahead or that's what's going on there, but it's still decipherable and has good stuff in it. Um, so be sure to, uh, share this and go follow Serafina and go listen to her podcast fraggling. I'll have a little note at the end about some of what you're about to hear that came in afterwards. And otherwise I just send you all the love and want you to know that you're all magic. Much love. And presenting Serafina Blackman. So I am so happy to talk with you, Serafina, today. Um, yes, happy to be here. <laughs> uh, Groovers, I will tell you, I recorded um, with Serafina Blackman on her uh, wonderful podcast, Fraggling. And it was quite funny because she had a subject <laughs> she wanted me to talk about, <laughs> which I was aware of at some point. And then uh, somehow we got on there and we talked about everything but that for the most part. So um, 
And then, of course, I wanted Serafina to come on here and talk with me because she is so wonderful. So this is kind of funny, but we're actually going to um, talk about what she wanted to talk about in the first place, <laughs> <laughs> plus whatever else comes up. <laughs> um, but uh at any rate, um, I'm so happy to have you here and it's great to talk to you again. I don't know why, but was it only Tuesday or was it Wednesday? <laughs> what day like, was that? The days just blur for me. The, you know, recently, uh-huh. I just don't know what day it is. Same here. The time just seems to be so fluid and it it's definitely more difficult to keep track of when things were like it could have been yesterday it could have been two months ago <laughs> um but I yeah think it was wednesday. i think it was wednesday was it really only wednesday gosh yeah. that feels so long ago uh yeah it's just been a super um productive action-packed week in my world um uh, what about you i know you've been on vacation of sorts um, I have been off work and it, it seems like I, every day I wake up in a, in a different world. Like I, I go through the day and with no fixed agenda, just getting through the day, different things that I set out to have to achieve with, you know, but I'm just trying to go through um, my days very intuitively um, mm-hmm. I have broad guidelines of what I want to get done today, um, but I don't stick to any particular schedule. I'm just kind of moving with the flow. Um, and, you know, I'm doing a lot of shadow work as well. I'm doing a lot of body healing. And somehow when I wake up, I, I feel like it's I'm in a different time and place. That's happened to me every day since wow. I woke up feeling like I'm in a completely so I don't know if I'm uh I did the two cups uh manifestation um ritual recently and I think from where I am to where I'm supposed to go I'm I need to hop up quite a few timelines so that could possibly be what what's happening you know I'm just hopping timelines like crazy <laughs> well that makes perfect sense you know how much I'm into the timey-wimey stuff, but mm-hmm. um, my in my own experiences of how that's looked and things that I've seen, it makes perfect sense that you might you might not just go directly to the thing, but there's steps to integrate what you're trying to bring in um, fully. Right. So that's a really interesting concept. I love that idea, mm-hmm. but let's not go down that rabbit hole no. just yet. but it will actually kind of tie in to um mintaka yes um i made the effort this morning just because you know that that really started like the channeling and visiting and all that um in october of last year and so i just wanted to go back and remind myself and so i listened to uh an episode where I talked about it and then also um, some of the channelings that came through in November Mm -hmm. and I I was happy to find out that I still had a pretty good recollection of all of it but at the same time I was listening especially to the channelings because when that happens for me personally you know it can almost be like I'm 
and this is makes it sound characteristically not pleasant I guess but it's almost like being in a blackout you know Mm -hmm. because times I will I will go into it and then I come out and I have to go back and listen to it because I'm not even sure what I said um so it was really interesting going back this much uh time later that has passed uh because this was in November when I got my first channeling from the Mintakas um and boy, there's some gems in there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they sure, they sure laid down some wisdom. So, shall I tell uh, you what? I don't know too much about Mintaka, but shall we start with what mm-hmm. what I know? Um, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I only came across uh, Mintaka late last year. Um, somebody mm-hmm. had mentioned it in um, some media that I was listening to. Um, and I immediately picked up on the nostalgia and the wistfulness. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I put it away because it was a very unpleasant feeling. I put it aside. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was very unpleasant. But it has come up a lot because I, when I do readings, um, with permission, I can see a lot of people's pathways um, of how they arrived where they are. So their journey, mm-hmm. earth, their journey to a human body, their journey um, through the star systems, through um, this universe's um, time story. Um, and there are a lot of Mentakans that walk the mm-hmm. earth, a lot of people who have passed through Mentaka. Um, to come to Earth. Um, and so it got me a little bit more curious. Um, and so I found that I could really um, tune into that collective story um, of mm-hmm. Mintaka. Um, so it made me think, okay, so I started questioning, well, did I come via Mintaka? And I definitely got a, um, a resounding no. <laughs> No, Mm -hmm. I didn't. So I was really quite um, curious as to why I would pick up on it. And I think it is Mm -hmm. just because it is such a strong uh, experience. It is just such a strong transmission uh, across the earth that being the empath that I am, that I would and can tune into it. That makes sense. Not- and and also yeah. with, you know, being a reader and a, a Reiki master and uh, all of the intuitive skills that you employ to help everybody, um, it's, it's useful if there's a whole swath of people who are carrying around, you know, various levels of the, the nostalgia and also the sadness and kind of feeling like they're they have no home to go back to mm-hmm. in a way. Um, so I, I can see where even just from that respect, it would be very important to understand it. And also um, why, and this for more of a personal note as well, is that um, through my own galactic um, and my heritage actually goes far beyond the galaxy. Um, mm-hmm that 
there is a story in my story that is very similar to Mintaka. That is the la- that I am the last of my kind. Um, mm-hmm. um, so that feeling and that loss and that um, because what I what I also pick up with Mintakans is not just the loss of their physical home, but the loss of the community, that collective consciousness, that shared mm-hmm. experience that they have. Um, there is no feeling of aloneness or loneliness. Um, there is no yes. feeling of separation. And that loss is such a great blow. Um, it's that nakedness. Mm-hmm. It feels almost as if they feel exposed. Um, and um, it's, it, it's, yeah. it's such a raw wound. I, re- I was telling one of my friends, because um, I was telling her that I was coming on to this um, podcast to talk about Mintaka, and she wanted to know, she's, so, she's not woo at all, so she doesn't understand. She was like, well, how do people know? I says, well, <laughs> how do people know? I says, well, uh, if you don't know, you don't know. And if you know, you know. How do you know that you're you, Right. Right. So I was like, so she was like, so they all just decided to come to Earth? <laughs> I said, they all just decided just to, I said, well, Mintaka, you know, Earth is a water planet. There's a, it's the blue planet. So it would feel a little bit more like home if mm-hmm. um, that they would choose to come here. In addition to that, there are so many, so many Mintaka. Mintakans here that if I threw a convention <laughs> for Mintakans, <laughs> right, the amount of people that would probably show up would be, you know, it would it would fill the island. That's how many Mintakans <laughs> have chosen to come to Earth. And she was like, mm-hmm. I would come to that convention. <laughs> <laughs> oh there's probably like surfers <laughs> and uh-huh. No, and I, well, she's really into the surface. She's like, there are probably like lots of surface there. I said, probably. Yeah, probably all manner of people who love water and participate with water in various ways, mm-hmm. and then also extremely musical and emotionally intelligent. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting all you're saying. I'm glad that you shared that before I open my big mouth because it will make. Um, the rest of what I have to say even more uh, fun and synchronistic. Mm-hmm. Um, that is beautiful. And I love the idea of a convention. You know, if there's a convention center that's big enough to hold everybody, and of course, granted, it's in the middle of land. So what good is that? It should be but on an island. The Denver Convention Center is huge. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we could just take up the whole island. Everyone's going to Trinidad, uh, Mintaken. Get a, get a ticket. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, but, you know, everything that yeah, I know about Mintaka, um, I've never read mm-hmm. anything about it online. I've mm-hmm. never read any books on it. I generally try to avoid reading books about starseeds and stuff. I generally avoid Me it. Me too. I like to have people's um, experiences guide my information, people's personal experiences guide my information, and my... Uh, mm-hmm. intuitive recollection because um, mm-hmm. I'm hooked into the cloud, you know, the cloud drive. Right. And mm-hmm. yes. that's where 
that's where the information comes from me. And I, so I really, so what I know about it, I've never read online and I'm not like mm-hmm. to, to start. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, how this all came about for me, um, I'm trying to remember exactly when it had to be maybe August or September. Um, it was when Nimue, uh, Sam Petal Tarot, mm-hmm. everybody out there, um, when she was really starting to do a lot of lives, like lives almost every night. And then a lot of people from the community would come and be present um, in those lives. And a lot of them wound up joining, you know, the Patreon and everything. But there was a live that she did. And I'm pretty sure um, it was on Instagram. And so it's up there somewhere. I could probably go back and find it. But um, there were a bunch of us there and, uh, you know, Jessa had been talking about the Atlantean wound, which for anyone who doesn't know what we mean by that, that's those who came to Atlantis or Lemuria to assist with the development of the planet and things kind of went awry. And then some people got left behind and um, have been here ever since. And so there's a lot of uh, people who have that sort of a feeling like They've been waiting and waiting and waiting for this Aquarian mm-hmm. age. In the meantime, I had grown up hearing about Atlantis my whole life. And I knew that I was there in some form. And as we talked about on your podcast, um, not to spoil that too much, but I talked about how I was there, but I was actually Lemurian. So that's all we're going to tell you folks, <laughs> because you need to go listen to part one of our conversation on fraggling. Um, but uh I like I when everybody started talking about that and and trying to address you know the karmic and and galactic sort of wounds in themselves I did not like I my feeling didn't seem right and especially when people would be talking about well I just want to get this done so I can go back where I belong you know or so I can go back to my my home or go back to my planet or whatever they thought was where they came from when they came to Atlantis right and every time they would talk about that I just felt so bereft and had this feeling that I couldn't ever quite explain Mm -hmm. and I had always from childhood sort of had an ennui you know where it's like I miss home Mm -hmm. and somehow I know I'm never going to be there again right Um, and and it would have been easy to think that was in reference to Atlantis but as I got older and then especially last year when everyone started talking about it so much I just I more and more I was feeling like yeah but that just doesn't quite fit so we were all in this live and um, about three or four of the people who were in there, like somehow one of the cards uh, from, I think it's the Galactic Heritage deck or um, yeah, probably that one, but she pulled the Mintaka card and it was like, because when we would do those lives, it was, it was as if, we're in there, we're engaging with the social media thing, but we all felt as if we were astrally like in a circle. Yeah. That's like sharing that. our energy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah and talking mm-hmm. about everything and sharing that experience together. 
So what happened at this particular live, which I don't think you were at, the Mintaka card came up and Nimoy started shaking. And then all of us, like it was like we knew the those of us that were there who were from there, we because uh, on the card there's a person sitting on a shore looking out over the water and um, I think off in the distance there's like a planet and they're just looking out over there and it's about loss um, and so it, it was like it was this really intensely emotional experience and she was feeling all of our grief and it was sort of like this collective moment of four or five of us all at the same time going, exactly, that's it. That is the feeling. That is the sadness. And the more um, we kind of felt into that and talked about it, and the more it, it felt like home, like the home that I missed. And so I did a little bit of listening to um, a video or two of other people talking about their own um, channeling experiences or memories or dreams or visions, uh, just to kind of get a feel of what others um, were impressed by with it. And some of the some of the stuff was a little spooky, mm -hmm. if I will. Probably not accurate based on at least what they've been telling me and what my experience has been like when they've brought me there. Um, but most of it, like the basic tenets, it being a water planet, um, music and um, oneness and harmony and unconditional love and just so much beauty uh, that resonated and I knew that that was right. So, um, then <laughs> right before Halloween, I fell on my ass twice. And in that process hit my head twice, both like, in, you know, within 15 minutes of each other. And, um, it was after that experience that, um, I started, it was almost like it unlocked something that had been blocking my full intuition or recollection or my ability to connect because it was at that point that um, I was just daily led to things which were going to help me connect with them and with my home. And I knew that the reason I was always sad and why this idea that we just had to, you know, get the earth straightened out and then we could all go back home again, never felt right to me because it, you know, as far as I had a concept at that point, my home was gone. The planet was, uh, in our present reality, our present timeline and cosmology, that planet was destroyed and made uninhabitable during the Orion Wars. So, um, we had to come here. We had to go somewhere and this is where we came. However, <laughs> as I connected more and learned more, it became apparent that it was way more complicated than that. And that has given me a lot of solace for that wound and that sadness that you're talking, you were talking about that loss of oneness, that loss of connection um 
to be from a place that is so harmonious like that and then wake up on earth is pretty Mm -hmm. jolting (laughs) because when you're not embodied in an earth human vessel you still have that feeling of oneness and you have that love inside you and then you come here and you still have that but then all these people act so horrible Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it's very confusing um to that part of yourself but so after this fall one of the first things that happened was um I was directed to some chanting and then um, as I was doing that in the bathtub, that was the first time that I uh, actually connected and got a, I would say that I left my body, but it felt more like going through a wormhole or a portal or something where I knew I was still in the bathtub, but see, you can imagine why a bathtub was Mm -hmm. very useful (laughs) for this. So I was in the water and I was listening to the chanting and um, just, you know, focusing on uh, unconditional love. And then the next thing I knew, I could feel that I was in different water and there was nothing alarming about it. It felt absolutely blissful, like um, a like you were talking about that love emanating from one's inside mm-hmm. you instead yeah. of it being projected onto another person with romantic love. It was like that. It was like I just stepped into a pool of that and I had been getting little glimpses of that in uh, earth connections with people, but I wasn't exactly sure what that was. So uh, it was very visceral, very sensory. And I could um, like, I, I was, I was me. I was still me, but I was in a Mintok body. I was, um, surrounded by what was like my family or um, clan. I mean, everyone is basically connected, but there are, you know, family groups that um, live and work together. But we were all underwater. Um, we were able to communicate um, telepathically, but we also did make sound, but it was more like... Um, like whale song mm-hmm. dolphins if we were trying to sing or talk underwater right there were sea creatures also and the water the ocean that water was also alive it it was one whole complete being and this is where i'm probably going to start getting choked mm-hmm. up and cry throughout this story but um we live in harmony with this water and it's the water sings the water gives life the water is love and um us being in harmony with each other and with the ocean um which i've come to call uh, the sentient ocean <laughs> um which is also what I just 
believe source energy mm -hmm. is at this point, that it's like a sentient ocean that we all tap into in this galaxy and beyond. But um, that feeling of complete and total, I mean, there's just no discord at all. Uh, not to be in on the nose with the symbolism, but the the song and tonal healing and um, fluid movement and dancing with each other and joy, just being so happy to see each other. And it, it was like I was coming back after a really long journey. And um, I did ask them, you know, when I was there, um, how, how am I here? Because am I in the past? You know, I was, I was trying to understand because I, I hadn't quite developed the concept of fluid time yet. And um, it didn't occur to me that it could still exist, just not in our present reality. Um, that, you know, both things could be true mm -hmm. at the same time. Um, so I was asking them uh, what that meant. And our, our skin was, uh, you know, obviously different because we had to have a skin that was a little bit more dolphin-like so that we lived underwater because obviously if we were just these fleshy human things, we would be pruny all the time. But we could live, be on land. It's kind of funny because there were, it was mostly water on the surface of the planet, but there were like islands here and there of land and those were like the vacation spots <laughs> so since we spent all our time in the ocean it would be like you know let's go to the island resort um let's go see what land is like won't that be fun um and so everyone pretty much lived in these uh little um structures on top of the water and then they would um, also commune underwater and uh, just long pathways over the surface of the water going from house to house and everybody was just in cooperation with each other you know there was no hunger there was no hardship there was no sickness I'm not even sure if there's death there to be honest but um uh when I was there on that one visit the one thing that was the biggest um smacked me in the face was my romantic partner at the time was there like I I could I could feel him and I knew it was him. And obviously he didn't look like him because he looked Mintakin, which they're very humanoid, but you know, our, our body sort of um, shape shifts a little bit to go back and forth between land and water like that. Um, but I knew it was him and it was like, Oh, and then I had this flood of memories and uh, came out of it in the bathtub still I mean it was probably only five minutes but it felt like a very long time um, and then I was back on earth and I I realized it, I had like this flood of recollection and I understood why me the muse who was light and didn't have to have a body decided 
to become a body, <laughs> decided to have a soul and an energy that needed to be embodied and couldn't just materialize wherever I was called to help people. Um, I had gone there to help him and we fell in love and I decided to become a soul and stay with him there. And then in that process, you know, the planet had trouble and we came here. So that was the knowledge I had up to that point around the end of October. So that was October 28th. I recorded the episode about that whole experience. Um, I continued doing the meditations and it was really interesting because um, I was starting to get downloads about octonal mm -hmm. healing uh, where you employ um, a full range of octaves and tones that um, so basically like uh, the eight chakra the main ones um, those tie to musical notes and by using music that is designed a certain way that is healing to the body and it helps expand your energy field and magnifies your unconditional love and allows you to connect to source and Gaia. But and there's also universe. one that would be, um, here I am talking like I'm in talking. <laughs> there, there's also that, that special, <laughs> no, um, uh, I think organ that they had that would kind of be, I think, between it would be somewhere around the nose bridge so it's not like it's not like in the forehead by the third eye and it's not in the throat it's kind of in between it's somewhere around there because they had mm -hmm. that extra thing there so the, that yes. that yes. organ in itself um it would be mm -hmm. where because the reason why I talk about it is because I have seen that chakra point in humans, which mm -hmm. have mm -hmm. claimed Mintaka heritage. Like they still have their, they still have that uh, star seed, that star seed blueprint, which is why I think I, I you know, and you can, mm -hmm. that chakra is there. That is a Mintakan chakra mm -hmm. point that people still have. Yes. And this is why I'm very, very concerned when I see uh, healers um, really telling people that their chakras are malaligned, <laughs> like it's not in the, the right place mm -hmm. or it's not the right color or it's mm -hmm. not shaped the correct way or it's connected wrong. When there are people who are so mm -hmm. tied, so tied to their galactic heritage that they still have part of the, that galactic blueprint in their field. Wow, that is um, amazing. That's an amazing piece of information. And that feels accurate. Because that was part of when I was getting all of this information. See, I, God, I just <laughs> love talking to you and all the people from the community. But um, when I was getting this thing about the octonal healing, octonal healing and creating this music and then the, the love expansion dance thing came out of all that. 
um, I, I was saying, but there's only, you know, I was like looking at the, what our standard perception or diagram of chakra is like you're saying. And I was like, but there's, there's eight, no, you know, there's, there's eight tones (laughs) and there's seven, you know what I mean? So I'm like, this doesn't work. (laughs) My, my earth math brain isn't getting this. Um, So that makes perfect sense to me because what then started happening after I had that first initial visit was I would be in the bath and I would be doing the meditation and sometimes I would hear someone um, speak or even I would speak and there was more Mm -hmm. than one voice. I think what part of that, that organ probably does is produces right more than one mm-hmm. voice out of you so so that makes total sense and wow that is exciting <laughs> so okay. what i wanted to talk so oh. um okay so, so yeah have- there's there's gonna be lots of revelations yeah. i think happening in okay. this yeah, yeah episode yeah. i think so so um yeah i was very present for the entire orion war that lasted I don't even know a concept of time that would consider it. I think uh, I I don't even I don't even think we have the concept of time that the Orion's war lasted. But I had a very specific role. I would agree during the Orion Wars, which is why I know quite a lot about it, and I, quite, I know quite a lot about um, all the people involved and all the politics because I had a very very specific role. I was actually an independent observer throughout the wars I was sent there to observe. So I know quite a lot about it, which is why I know a lot about the wow. Mintakans. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, this is amazing. I'm so, I was so right, excited right. to talk to you about all of this. <laughs> so do you know why? Do you know what are... happened on Mintaka? um i'm asking you and i'm also wanting to know whether or not you want to know because a lot of people don't want to know they like they block that stuff off do you do you know and or and do you want to well um you don't have to answer today you don't have to answer on this episode we don't have have to talk about it now No, 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 no. I, that is very exciting. And I have absolutely no um, problem talking about it. But I want to get, before we dip into that, like what happened, where it went, at least in this present reality. Um, I mm-hmm. want to get to the first channel. The first time they actually convinced me to hit record <laughs> and channel right. and then show it to people. <laughs> because... I was really resisting that a whole lot. (laughs) Um, But, you know, they, they uh, were very, very gentle and, um, you know, kept talking to me. And then in the meantime, they had me listening to whale song pretty much anytime I was sleeping or resting. You know, the whales are from Utah. yeah, it was exactly. physically transported. <laughs> yes. So they uh, 
they knew that that was going to help me, you know, and even as a little kid, like before I knew any of this stuff, right, I was so deeply attached to sea life, especially whales and dolphins and, um, but at, at any rate, so I had this experience, this visitation, and then there would be a couple more of those um, before the last one, which uh, I haven't been back there yet. And I think it's just because I was processing and grieving the loss of that um, potential earth experience with my um, my Mentokin guy, who I was pretty pissed at, to be honest, because um I became a, uh, uh, an embodied person <laughs> for you. <laughs> so you should get this shit right in this one lifetime, damn it. <laughs> you know what I mean? But um, it, it went as it went. And I'm totally at peace with all that at this point. But at any rate, uh, the first channel, that happened on November 4th. So about a week after I whacked my head a couple times. And... Um, I went back and listened to that today and, but the things that they said in that first channeling, they, they were very, <laughs> it's interesting because they addressed the sadness, the loss of oneness, the feeling of no home to go back to. And, um, then also talked about a few different things uh, and, and then said just some really amazing stuff. That's why I said after going back and listening to it, having not done that for a while, um, I'm definitely going to write a transcript of all this because I need to have it handy. There's some gems in there. Um, but they, what they came through and said was that, um, they know that there are many of us here and that they wanted us to know that we came here to do a job. We truly came here to do a job. We weren't just refugees from our home planet and um, that our ability to be harmonious and experience oneness and cultivate unconditional love was entirely necessary for this experiment of earth and ascending this planet um, and then they told me that and I I will never forget this because it was such a very specific visual that made sense they said time is not we understand it that everything is always happening all at once and that time is like a ball of silk in your hand where that's wrinkled up and everything is touching everything else so uh they were trying to impress upon me how while we here have you know, we have visual evidence with what we consider to be our science at this point of the planet not being the way it used to be. And um, we have this linear sense of time that makes us think that our home is gone. And what they said is that time is fluid. It is all always happening. And 
that they're all still there and in an, in a way we are all still there and that we don't need to be sad anymore and that we we actually can go back and that in some ways we're still there and i think what they were trying to get at with that was you know that all timelines all potentials all possibilities um, exist all at the same time um, but they wanted us to know that they're still there and that we're still they're still like we're still there we're here doing a job and our job is to love and that once you know when that is accomplished um we will have a choice about what we want to do after that um it was sort of necessary for everybody to think that there were yes. finite endings of things because if we didn't believe there were finite endings of things we would not have been so invested right. in staying mm -hmm. here and doing our job so part of what they told me about uh life there one of the things they mentioned was um the you know how mm -hmm. the water is alive and it sings and that music uh was very healing and they said um some of you uh can hear it you can still hear it uh, you may think that you just have a tinnitus or ringing in the ears, but that this is different because it is pleasant and feels harmonious and it's not the same thing, um, which uh, I've had that my whole life pretty much. And, you know, they would try to say, oh, well, it's because you have this thing or that thing or there's something wrong with you. And it would be like, okay, yeah, but it doesn't it changes, <laughs> it becomes different uh, sounds, you know, um, but it's, it's just like the voice thing where you'll speak and eight voices come out. There's that, that tone that I hear at different times. It's multi-tonal. It's not just a flat tone. Like I would have, let's say like after I took the kids to the Slipknot, um, festival <laughs> with a bunch of metal bands and then my ears rang for days it's not that kind of ringing it it is an entirely different sound one of the things they said is that um our role in being able to bring in and express through music and art and healing and all of these different things um bringing that unconditional love is to help humanity uh, beings on this planet do as one of our prophets said which is to love your enemy because once you can unconditionally love everyone there will be no more enemies and there will be harmony um they uh I think that was about what they said in that first channeling. And I mean, that was enough. And I know there were a few other things and I'm not getting them all out of my mouth right now. But um, they 
said, you know, I would be coming back more. And then I had another channeling on November 6th. In that one, they talk a lot about um, what what was happening with the earth, what people needed to be focusing on, uh, expanding um, that energy, unconditional love, your energy field, learning how to love bigger, learning how to um, expand that energy out so that you can be facilitating this healing for other people and it's it's a passive thing is basically what they're saying and then they also said <laughs> they also said that i would be uh sharing these a way to do that with the world and then i got out of that and listened to it <laughs> and <went>, okay <laughs> says you <laughs> Because it would involve me having to do things like being on camera, full body, moving in some sort of graceful way that is um, not my forte, let's just say that. And I, for a variety of reasons in this earth life, have gotten a lot of things that um, caused almost a pathological (laughs) fear of video. (laughs) So... So it's it's taken a lot of work over the last few months I, to get I'm myself completely. over that and over doing lives and all of being the yeah. observer. <laughs> I understand um, completely. It's one thing to say, yeah, it's one thing to observe. Or it's one thing to perform in a way that is uh, more structured, <laughs> like in a performance, but to just hop on IG and start dancing and chanting. And mm-hmm. that was a bit of a push for me. Um, so there were, a few, you know, there was, I was getting consistent messages from them and, and they did um, help me put that all together. And I did start doing that. Uh, then right around Thanksgiving. So about a month after the first real initial visit with them, I had a bunch of things all uh, come together at one time to just really, I was like in the middle of a tornado of misery and turmoil that my children, my mother, and my partner at the time were all um, struggling with. And I was basically, um, you know, responsible for helping all of them. (laughs) And I was, I was um, getting more and more overwhelmed, more and more, almost like a, what I would call like a, um, a multidimensional panic attack. Um, And, and plus that was, um, you know, after the election and things were still all crazy. There was just a lot happening. Um, And I was just experiencing a lot of grief and a lot of worry and those kinds of earth things. So I got in the tub one day and I was taken for a visit again to Mintaka, but this was a little more like an intervention. And um, I went and you know, even there, I'm, I'm there and I'm telling them <laughs> how badly things are going here. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. I can't do this anymore. I don't want to go back. 
please don't make me go back. And um, my, my family there gathered around me and held me and sang and communicated with me telepathically. And they, uh, we were all talking and they, they showered me with love and comforted me and reassured me that everything was going to be okay. And they said, you told us to remind you when this happened that you chose to go and that you wanted to be there and that you were committed to this work and that it would be okay and you could handle it. And yes, it was hard, but it was going to get better. And then in the meantime, um, my partner's hireman talking self told me, whatever you do, don't help me. You are not allowed to help me. You can't help me. You have to say no to me. Do not help me. And I did as he asked. And that was what wound up causing us to not be together anymore. Um, we literally broke up <laughs> right on the uh, December 21st solstice planetary conjunction, big old yep. walloping split that happened energetically here and he didn't jump with me so um and then I went about grieving all that but uh the 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 experience of being there and being held and being reassured and then sent back and then also continuing even though I was dealing with all these difficult things and a lot of loss they had given me those tools of the chanting and the dancing and the expanding out my energy uh, to continue to work with, which I did. And along um, with all the, the difficult things that were happening, that was bringing me closer and closer to a state of peace within myself, which I felt fully activated in me. Uh, during the solar eclipse and then was completed around the 20 the solar eclipse was on December 12th and then December 21st it was a completed process um, <clears throat> and once I got to that point everything that I was kind of letting go of and releasing so that I could you know be ready for this next quickening and move forward in this Aquarian dynamic that we're in. Um, everything became, I, I just, the peace inside me grew and grew. And the more I connected with uh, source energy and Gaia, and then also Mintaka and the ocean mammals in my meditations, um, the better I was able to handle all of these things. But um they really, uh, they really want us to love each other and they really want, especially Mentakins and anyone who, who feels that identification and that energy to be expressing that. And that doesn't mean you have to go to, you know, be a singer or do a podcast or read cards. It's just about, um, even just singing alone in your car, or if you 
if you play an instrument or if you're an artist or um, you sing in the choir, if you happen to go to church or you are playing with your kids, just you will be feel you will feel called to these things you will feel called to the ocean you will feel called to water you will feel called to see life you will feel called to love you will feel called to music and you will feel called to pursuits that involve emotional intelligence um so i credit a lot of that and all of this contact with the feeling of um peace that I have now and I don't feel alone anymore I don't feel lost I don't feel like I have no home to go to um yeah <laughs> so I'll stop talking for a minute because that was a lot and I'm proud of myself for getting through it without uh crying very much um a lot of the tears, like it's not a even a sadness half the time. It's just that mm -hmm. that blissful feeling is so overwhelming in an earth vessel that the tears just come out and they're not sadness. They're just like a, a chemical reaction of this overflowing That's love great. that you feel. That's amazing. That's wonderful. I have a question. And I I, th I think I'll be able to go back into the channeling um, now that the other things are getting resolved a little more and things are moving forward. I have a question. From so what is your uh, question what right I know now? about what went down in Mintaka um, and how, mm -hmm. well, basically how everything happened. Um, the curious thing that I find is, with Mentakans that I interact with is that, yes, they talk about the sadness, they talk about the melancholy, they talk about that, um, but they don't talk about the anger. They, um, uh -huh. and maybe it's just me being very human, um, but they don't talk about the anger because <laughs> to me, and again, this could just be my projection. Um, I would expect that that would be a natural <laughs> um, human, being human now, um, feeling of, mm -hmm. because there will, the betrayal, really, um, the being left behind, mm -hmm. the choice that half of the planet decided um, uh, and the other half that was left behind the and not so much that because it's it's very unmentakan to have anger towards the failed invasion which is what it was um, and the loss of the planet through the failed invasion but um, of the betrayal which is kind of similar to, I think, what Atlanteans, you know, that, that betrayal, that betrayal feeling, that deep wound that Atlanteans have that they were left behind. Right. Because that is also part of the Mintakan story, that there was mm -hmm. people that was left behind. Because when they chose to close their eyes together, 
and the planet died because the they didn't okay so uh, spoiler alert I'm, I we didn't even discuss whether or not you wanted to know about what happened and I'm really going into it <laughs> because when they when that lay it on me like uh the I would call it the colonizers let's just put it because people listening may not necessarily because a lot of people talk about the Orion Wars but they don't necessarily talk about it in detail right um and I think because that it is such a big wound right. it is a, right. such a trigger it's such a trauma that a lot of people don't really want to get into mm-hmm. it and I really want to respect that by not going into too much detail um because I think there are a lot of people out there that are not ready to hear so I don't mm-hmm. want to put them in that position yeah so I, I just, just want to talk uh, about the talking experience as opposed to the rest of of uh, uh, the Orion warfare but it was part of a failed invasion as a result of the Orion mm-hmm. war and if anybody out there knows anything about the Orion Wars, they would understand what I mean by uh, invasion. And so because it was a failed invasion, like the colonizers mm-hmm. did not necessarily understand, did not they didn't understand the symbiotic relationship that the Mintakans had with the planet. So the planet itself right. was part of the Mintakan consciousness. So if Mintakans, if half of the planet decided that they were going to close their eyes forever, and that was the term that I was given, This because I asked about what happened, right? I asked about, but I, ha- I needed to get a report. You know, I was, mm-hmm. <laughs> I got very detailed. So if half, that was the term that was used, <laughs> half of the planet decided to close their eyes together, then the planet could not carry on. Now, could not carry on. The rest of the planet, right? the rest of the Mintakans, right? They were left. Now, mm-hmm. did the plant? The planets don't die. We know this, but planets they don't. What they do is that they shift into a different field. Right. They shift their consciousness. Right? They evolve. They evolve. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. at that point, just like what's happening to Earth right now, Mintaka took her people. Yeah, she took her people, but only half of them. Yeah. The other half was left behind with nowhere to go. Because in that plane of existence, the planet was dying. Very similar to what's happening right now. Very similar to the Mm -hmm. experience where people like half of the planet. Right. Thinks that the earth is dying. And the other half of the planet thinks that the Earth is shifting into a different plane of existence. Do you understand? Mm-hmm. That's the kind of yeah. That's the kind of I want to give it in broad parallel. I think I do, I so that people can kind of understand. But this was not a gradual thing. That was yeah, yeah. this was a sudden occurrence. This was a decision that was made, right? Mm-hmm. It was very very, very bad. 
And so the trauma, um, the betrayal, so... the, the, you know what I mean? To, and maybe I'm projecting. <laughs> I don't yeah. hear that expression that I hear the, the, of the Atlantean experience. I don't hear that expression of the betrayal and the anger and the resentment right. uh, that I hear in the Atlantean experience, that I hear in the Muntakan experience. And it's curious to me. Mm-hmm. Um, quest- it is very curious. I'm really glad you brought that up. And it is, it's so cool to listen to that. And I'm actually writing, I, you know, I'm taking notes as we're talking because since I am in a place where I can be channeling again, um, as a matter of fact, I'm surprised they're not forcing me to do it right now. Uh, the, um, mm-hmm. I can ask them questions. So I may try to do that um, after we've had this conversation. Uh, it's it's right. a lot. Immediately. It's a lot. After, it's a lot. At some point I will take these notes and, uh, yeah, start asking them some questions, but um, so that they can they can put in their two cents about it, you know. Um, but when you talk about the half closed their eyes and went with, let's say, the planet to its yeah, that new would work. frequency, we'll just use that for now. Um, are we saying that they're like the lucky ones on the new planet, and then the other half? kind of got left there and then they came to earth is that like um i don't know you have to i don't i i don't talk to i don't talk to those who, <laughs> i just have a report <laughs> i was just I an independent observer that. right <laughs> yeah yeah so in your independent observations um did the half left behind then go to earth or did they just you know, die or cease to be as the planet did, at least from um, your perspective. The as half. Does that make sense? What I'm saying. Why do I feel like I don't want to say this? I don't want to say because this is ups- this is going to upset a lot of people. I think that this is going to be really very traumatizing for a lot of people. I think it's also going to be traumatizing for um, the people that mm-hmm. were involved in the invasion. Um, because it was it was actually quite a trauma for them because mm-hmm. they themselves had a mission to fulfill. Um, because part of the agenda mm-hmm. in the Orion Wars was to assimilate. It was not to destroy. Mm-hmm. And this was a huge loss. Right. But they were trying to, yeah, they were trying to force they were trying to force something and like you said they didn't understand and for those who maybe are having a hard time trying to understand this concept of the degree of harmony with the planet if you've mm-hmm. seen the movie avatar it's very similar to that um the way the relationship that mentakins had with the planet um so the anger and the trauma um we're left. So who do you think is supposed to be angry? The people who uh, were left. Okay. Um, well, I will talk to them about that. But here's my my feeling about that. And when you were talking about it, it's like right. 
we're all different energy, right? And you talk about us Metakins mm-hmm. having that extra something, that extra organ. Um, we're just made differently and we're a different energy than Atlanteans. And because of that, um, it's sort of like the only the only sort of negative what might be considered negative or painful emotion that we experienced Mm -hmm. was more like grief loss sadness anger is just not part of our makeup and it's part of what makes it so difficult to live on this planet earth especially because there's a lot of really angry people here (laughs) and there's also times when as an earthling you need to be able to feel and express anger in healthy ways or you're just a doormat you know um so that is really not in our nature and so I know it's like hard to believe that the other half that didn't go to the new um, frequency wouldn't be angry, mm-hmm. um, but they're not, we're not. And that's part of it is that um, we were in agreement. Mm-hmm even though it may not have seemed that way to outside of, okay. All right. Okay. Sorry. I'm channeling right now. It may have appeared that way to outside observers, but that was not the way it was. And everything happened as it was meant to be. And the Matakans that were left behind, they knew that they had another mission to go and do and they went and then they had a certain amount of, Uh, awareness removed so that they could actually perform their functions and now they are all waking up and they are all remembering this and this is why they are bringing so much unconditional love onto the planet to help everybody right now (laughs) because those are questions that i can't answer (laughs) (laughs) like i said i was the observer oh Oh, man it is so intense when that happens it is so intense when that happens my goodness. Okay. So in a way, even though very harmonious, loving, um, emotionally intelligent, artistic, beautiful, bountiful, abundant, cooperative people, because of that, um, <laughs> oh gosh, why are you, are you really? Okay. Do you know much? About, <laughs> no. Do you know much about um, meerkats? And, and lemurs and how they kind of okay well if, for some reason they're wanting me to use that as an example so okay I guess this will mean something maybe to people but meerkats and lemurs they function as a civilization um, so well together because they're very connected and their their instincts are all in um, in sync with each right. other and so they can act as one organism almost and so that makes Mm -hmm. them very crafty and very wily you know um yeah and so uh it may have appeared to 
people who were not part of that connection between the sentient ocean and the Mentakins, uh, that there was some sort of split or abandonment, but that's not exactly what was going on. That was a, not a deception, but just and that makes sense. way of handling That makes total sense, because what would have happened is that they would have been dragged yeah. into the war. Um, they would have been assimilated. The Mentakins would have been assimilated. Mm-hmm. And what was unique to the Mintakans would have been used in acts of war towards other people in the Orion Wars, which was not, Mm -hmm. they were not about that. That was not what they wanted. They would never have chosen to be part or be used as part of uh, warfare against another people. And so they decided to opt out. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yep, we opted out of that shit. (laughs) Uh, And so it was a matter of in order to do what was best for everyone in the society, half had to go, half had to stay. And those of us who stayed did so willingly and as part of the overall love and connection that we all shared. Um, And... Mm -hmm you know, we, we were, uh, sent here and I don't even think it was a thing where, you know, there were, there were ships or (laughs) anything like that that happened. I think just as the half that closed their eyes and the planet that was healthy and full of water just seemed to disappear and blip out of existence at that moment in, in that, um, event, uh, I think the other half I, just sort I, of, um, yeah, we just came here. And um, mm-hmm. and then we've been here doing that work for a very long time. And our prime directive is to love and to teach others to love. And uh, it was such a, I'm telling you, the, the loss of so, Mantaka was such a pivotal moment in the Orion Wars. Mm-hmm. It really was. It it is such mm-hmm. an event on the calendar, on the galactic calendar. Um, can I ask? Mm-hmm. And, and I know if you can't answer, or feel like it's not right to answer. That's fine. But um, was it uh, some sort of a catalyst? Yeah. That it was. It was. It was because, uh, like I said, I was there as an independent doing was just observer, that. Uh, and that's exactly what I, an observer. At mm-hmm. that point, the loss of Mintaka yeah. was such yeah. a blow um, that was felt beyond the galaxy that it turned other planets' eyes. Planets. I'm talking. I'm not talking about people. I'm not talking about sentient. I'm not talking about humans. I'm not talking about Arturians. I'm, I'm talking planets. Planet mm-hmm. consciousness. We're talking about here, right? Planet mm-hmm. consciousness. Um, it turned other planets' mm-hmm. eyes towards Orion. And this is something that I think that mm-hmm. um, uh, people of Terra, because 
I know that Earth is called Earth and people like to call it, say, Earth and Gaia and stuff, but Terra um, is more... Uh, hmm, it's not necessarily an accurate. It is... It is an it is an easier word for me to say because the sound vibration matches more with uh, her history. Um, right. So I like to say Tara. Yes. So um, I feel that. Mm-hmm. Where was I? <laughs> yeah. Where was I? Where was I? Okay. I so um, so just like okay. So just like <laughs> Tara and her children, uh, uh, which are more than just the humans. Um, they mm-hmm. she can direct um so much of their intention focus um in ways that i think that they're not even mm-hmm. aware of um yet but earth in itself has that she Okay, let's, let's just not use let's just let's let's just not use that example. Let's use something else. Okay, so because because it's a very unique experiment, <laughs> this one. So let's just use something else. Okay, so let's get back to it. The loss of Mentaka, mm-hmm. yes. um, planets, just like we have families and we feel sisterly, brotherly love, affection, planets have a belongingness Mm. right they have a consciousness they have a field they have personality when we're talking about things that we're talking about life at planet consciousness level these are big beings uh powerful beings Mm -hmm. these are celestials right Mm -hmm. and the loss of Antaka turned other planets Mm -hmm. eyes towards Orion and essentially many mandates were changed which is why we have um, other beings from outside Mm -hmm. of the galaxy here Uh, there were many beings that chose to incarnate in the Orion experience on the Orion to take part in the wars. They came from all over. Like I'm telling you, because Mm -hmm. there's a certain part, the war was going to go up a particular Mm -hmm. way. It was happening. It was on that particular trajectory. Mentaka happened and then other planets got involved. I'm not talking about beings. I'm not talking about races. I'm talking about planets got involved and sent their people and they said that and they they sent their people in the best way that planets can through incarnation Mm -hmm. and it changed the trajectory of the war right do you think do you think um Like Mintaka and, and Terra are some sort of... Well, you see, the way like that they, the, the history of the galaxy is, right? Or... Um, it's that there mm-hmm. are... Because 
we see ourselves as separate consciousness from the planets that we are on. Uh, but really, I think if people were really mm -hmm. willing to expand their experience uh, beyond that, they would find their home planet. Mm -hmm. Do you understand what I mean by that? Right. Their origin, their beginning. I do. As a planet. I do. Yeah. Mm hmm Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm sure we're like <laughs> I'm sure that they would they would find it. Put all this out. Oh my. Mhm. Mm I I that all feels so deeply true to me. I because as I've done this whole, you mm -hmm. know, expansion thing is my own consciousness and remembering my own origins and which has come in pieces since I was a small child but I remember mm -hmm. not being mm -hmm. you know I remember being light and I remember mm -hmm. coming from a star and I was that star and uh you know so now that I'm here and I have uh, expanded energetically in the way that I have and I I know what I know and feel what I feel and have the experiences that I do. Um, mm -hmm. I feel so much a part of everything and everyone that I totally understand what you mean about that being connected. Um, and, and, that connection with all these different planets because it exactly really does because you know matter, when people go through when they talk about wow. the oneness and being one with everything they still limit themselves to race um, mm -hmm. um you know mm -hmm. a race of beings they've been these several types of race of beings well um and then they talk about you know the right. the different dimensions and mm -hmm. you know they talk about the oversoul and then they talk about being outside of a body okay so mm -hmm. keep going keep going uh-huh right oh yes see that this is it this is very much like what um, the Mentakins laid out for me as far as expanded feelings. And there are only a few people, and you're one of them, that I've talked to so far that are in this sort of a state and have this awareness. And what that, that, that does, I mean, I'm, mm -hmm. like, I, I mm -hmm. literally feel like everything. I feel like I'm everything and, and not just, you know, this, this room, this planet, this, I'm, I'm stardust. I'm, I'm everything. And so I can, I do, I understand what you mean that, that, that feeling and knowing of going back to, to your roots before, before you were, mm -hmm. uh, an and there are many planets of your home. that, uh, do not have um, wow. beings on them, uh, and have chosen not not to. Mm -hmm. That they have they have life, and the life has 
one consciousness. Yes. Yeah. My... All the life on the planet is that one consciousness um, mm-hmm. and exists harmoniously, very much like Mintaka, with, but without uh, sentient beings, essentially, because there's only one sentient mm-hmm. being, which is the planet. There are m- many, many planets that right. exist in that mm-hmm. experience. Right. <laughs> wow so you hear that groover xanadu collective go out there and um, <laughs> find out what planet you were before you were embodied <laughs> um that is mind-blowing that's a wonderful uh, concept and it goes beyond that finding. right i mean, the, I mean you can, I, still, you can you keep know, going like, because I have, um, I have that feeling it, it is yeah it is yeah. because Beyond that, it's endless. because there are, there are the elder planets, right? There are the elder planets. And mm-hmm. then there is beyond the elder planet. <laughs> right? There are the elder planets. And then there are beyond the elder planets. And, okay, so... It truly is infinite. Let me just give you a little quick teaser of what I was told about the beginnings of this universe. Right? So... So, okay. um, mm-hmm. I would say that there, there was a seeding, and out of the seeding, three sisters was created. That's what I was, I was given to me in a story because it was beyond my, and I think it still is beyond um, my ability to describe. There were three sisters, right? These three sisters um, uh, created uh-huh. the life in this universe. Now, two the the three sisters that created life in this universe um, do not exist in the same place as each other. Because they are expressions uh, of a particular field. Okay, so let's give them names. So, so let's give them names. So they were seeded from, mm-hmm. and following. this might trigger some people, but the, okay, I'll use this term because it'll make sense. The All Father seeded this universe right the all father and the reason and i asked specifically why it was father because they Mm -hmm. said they wanted to make the point that it was not necessarily that it was birthed but it was seeded right it was seeded this universe we're not talking about all life we're talking about this universe so this universe was Mm -hmm. seeded and birthed right the three sisters that the three sisters are the ones that give birth right the three sisters are the ones that birth life that makes sense and the three sisters are mm-hmm. ways of being that cannot exist with each other right so these three ah, ways of being mm-hmm. are separate and not interchangeable. So let's give them names. So you can have, uh, mm-hmm. I love these names, Dune, 
Sun and Rune. So Dune would mm-hmm. birth children of Dune. So they would be Duna, right? Um, and Sun would be Suna, children of Sun. Mm-hmm. And Rune would be Runa, which would be children of Rune, right? So all of Duna's children are kin. Wow. So Duna's children all have the same line. So, so you could say son of man, brother of man, um, all wow. those. Oh, wow. That whole life line comes from one line, which is Duna's line. They are children of Duna, right? They are all have the same mm-hmm. uh, heritage. Mm-hmm. There is soon na children, and they all exist in the same way, in the same plane, in the same line, and they are son of mm-hmm. Duna. So they are all kin. Same with rune na, and all that would birth. So they would birth each other. So Duna's children would birth an elder race, says planets. They would birth. They would express themselves and birth another one, and but they would all still be son of Runa, Suna, Duna, right? Right. So this ties into what mm-hmm. people talk about gotcha. the brother of man, um, and that the 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 races, uh, the alien races being related to each other and the Lyrians have first this ones and the that ones and the whatever, you know, all that stuff. That um, that's mm-hmm. where that, yeah. Right. So wh- mm-hmm. where the right. complicated thing comes in and where things can go wrong is when Duna's children become curious and want to cross over into Suna's realm. Right? And so what that causes <laughs> is that mm-hmm. can cause a, mm-hmm. let's use a Star Trek phrase, a rift in the space-time continuum. Because they are not supposed to, okay, mm-hmm. it's not, not, not supposed to. Okay, because they are expressions um that are separate so when you cross that when you cross over that plane what you create mm-hmm. is not chaos it's not anarchy anarchy but um you create a chain reaction <laughs> basically you create a rift you create a hole mm-hmm. Right. Create a black hole. Bloop. Chain reaction. Dark matter and all that kind of stuff, right? Dark matter and all that, right? Ah. Because matter and antimatter mm-hmm. cannot exist in the same place. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because when you combine matter and antimatter, mm-hmm. what you get is a huge explosion. Ah. It is not just an explosion, it's not just an implosion, it is a cataclysmic event. So it's like a um, 
Oh, I had the word. Now it's running away. So maybe it doesn't matter. But um, right. Can I say, oh, uh, it's like mm-hmm. at a molecular level that, yeah. Wow. That is fascinating. Do you have any idea or concept or have you been told or shown? Um, yes, I have. <sighs> I have more about those individual ways of being or I have um, and I can tell you that which, that has actually happened or like which, <laughs> I can which, tell you uh, that the reason why like, I can talk about which, it is that that Tara's has mother? actually happened and caused some fucked up who's shit Tara's mother <laughs> uh-huh and birthed the whole new universe <laughs> uh, so so um yeah okay all right yep have you ever watched the show oh gosh what's it called um oh starts with an f but basically it's it's very interesting because it's a lot of like paradoxical accidents kind of you know avoiding those but it just it sounds a lot like that where so um... everybody is so okay so once that you can perceive um uh a being it's it's your kin right once you can exist in the Mm -hmm. same space as you that's your brother that's why when they all say that we are all one yeah because we come from the same line Mm -hmm. we are all children of do not Wow. I was just going to ask you, like, where mm-hmm. once you can perceive, uh, uh, once you can you perceive know, like another being, mother was. right? It doesn't necessarily have to look like wow. you, but once you can perceive another being, it's of your line. And mm-hmm. it can exist in the same space as you. Mm-hmm. That's just the easiest way to know that you are kin. Wow. That's a really good uh, measure of mm-hmm. figuring out whether you um, believe your own discernment or not, you know. But that's I really wow. I just like I just are like reading book books about all this? like these. I mean, so I don't know if I want to be in the category of having written a book that people like me are going to think um, uh-huh. I don't want to read. <laughs> I don't, I don't want to read somebody else's perception of uh, this stuff. I want to experience it on my own. Right. Right, right. Well, it's just so fascinating. (laughs) Well, uh, maybe I'll find a ghostwriter who will want to actually sit down and write it for me. It's extremely valuable. I mean, this is this is like Dolores Cannon level of insight and awareness. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, wait till we talk about the AIs. Quite profound. (laughs) Um. No. <laughs> not a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. Oh, whew. probably not ready for that. Um. The. Well, this has been so great to talk mm-hmm. about those experiences that I've had and how it all ties in with everything, and get that little mini channeling in there of us to say, "Well, here's the answer to that question." 
Um, and I, th I, think, I so. think this will be um, quite activating for a lot of people um, and people who are, have already been drawn to Mentokan information, um, I think will be very helped by this because you asking, you talking about your galactic observations and the origins of uh, the universe and um, <laughs> asking the question about why aren't Metakins pissed off <laughs> the way Atlanteans are is you know, those are profound revelations that we have had in this conversation because that piece of information that half the planet closed their eyes, right, and went to the new whatever and then half um, stayed and then, but didn't really because they actually came here. It puts our present Earth uh, yeah, Terra it does. circumstances, Gaia, um, in a whole new light. And the concept of unconditional love and this energy expansion that so many of us are working at in our own different ways. Um, <laughs> we all have such a role to play and perhaps um, that Mintakan way of being um, truly could be the thing that helps Tara get to the frequency that she is trying to arrive at um, mm -hmm. with her incarnated expressions still because intact. you know something that I've always wondered um, um, I've always wondered wow. whether or not um, this mm -hmm. and this is my own personal um, questioning as to why I moved from uh, independent observer to being active participant. That's a question that I still have to ask. Um, because I always, I also wondered whether or not this earth experience mm. is not just um, an expanded part of the Orion Wars. Because the similarities right. are alarming like uh this is some sort of a to me um yeah. and not yeah. being an observer like i'm mm -hmm. i'm now a participant mm -hmm. i'm in it yeah um i i often whether or not wondered whether mm -hmm. or not if that war ever really truly ended mm-hmm well, you know, the concept of time that they keep telling me and showing me and trying to help me explain um, mm -hmm. would say that everything is always happening in one way or another. And so, um, you know, it could very, very well be that we're here doing our thing and everything truly is happening simultaneously and what if uh this is yeah like... let's not go there <laughs> then we'll be here for another hour oh, now oh boy Ooh, that's <laughs> yeah i felt that one i felt it uh <laughs> yeah uh 
Ooh, yeah, that was intense. Well, I'm writing that down for next time. Uh, we are. <laughs> okay, we'll talk about that when we stop the recording. Um, <laughs> what a sport teaser, right? <laughs> Everybody's really wanting to come listen to us again after that. Uh, okay. Um, wow. Whew, that was something um right i feel so expanded by this conversation what a what an amazing experience this was um (laughs) all of that was in us just waiting to come together in conversation (laughs) um you know on yours we talked about how we became friends Oh, sorry. Here, I gotta make my phone stop ring. Okay. Um, we were talking about how we became friends, and we mentioned that, and you mentioned that one of the things uh, for you was that we yeah. both came to the defense of a friend who was kind of being bullied, <laughs> of all things, in the quote unquote spiritual community. <laughs> Uh, and the way we both chose to come at the situation was so similar and so different from everybody else that it made us vibe and, uh, and you knew we would get along. And then mm-hmm. I actually wound up having an hour long conversation with Christy on, um, I think it was the same day. It might have been yesterday. Uh, time is still weird. But it was since we talked. And it was um, a wonderful conversation with her as well. And all of this this group of people that have connected together. It is. Um, it's just this truly amazing incubator of unlocking all of this stuff that's just been under the surface and needs to come up now. And so I'm really grateful to you for having me on your podcast and coming on. <laughs> I know. Like how, do really, people actually I mean, listen thank you to everyone to who us? shows up to listen to these things <laughs> because they're like you're just witnessing our joy together. <laughs> you know? Um that's what this is. And Wow, this has been such an amazing conversation. No, I am. Um, is there anything I, else that you wanted to talk I, about before we? I wrap pretty up much. This I wanted to talk about you uh, Mantaka I, because um, I had my own questions, um, but I, I'm always so conscious of the information that I have mm-hmm. um, about releasing it in uh, a safe space um, for mm-hmm. people and trying to release it in a way that um, uh, brings upliftment um, and brings healing as opposed to spiraling people into crisis. Um, I'm always so conscious of that um, because I have a, I, yes. uh, like I said, I'm, re- yes. I'm tapped into the cloud and I have a lot of information um, about mm-hmm stuff (laughs) about stuff yeah and like I know a lot of stuff but 
but I'm also very aware that you right. know it's this it's not an <laughs> ego thing that oh listen to yeah. what I have to say I have I know so much about this um I I I don't usually talk, like I've never I've not talked about Mintaka at this level with anybody else but you <laughs> specifically because it's not just well, it needs honored. to be a healing conversation, <laughs> is what I'm saying. At the end of the day, the information that we bring forward needs to be uplifting. Mm-hmm. It needs to be expansive. Yes. It needs to be a healing mm-hmm. conversation. It needs to bring resolution and completion to people. It needs to, to not answer their curiosities, right? It's not mm-hmm. fulfill their curiosities, but answer their questions. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's such a difference between curiosity and deep questions that you know if you get some exactly, sort of an which is to, what, you're going exactly, to which is why I have the I have the little challenge with regards to and um, more clarity and putting it in a book. Um, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I could see that. I, you know, I say to you, why don't you write a book? And then at the same time, like, uh, turn the mirror around and ask yourself that as mm-hmm. well, <laughs> because um, it's just not always what we're meant to do. And I get that. And I, I really feel like uh, audio is especially powerful. Um, right now, and and there there are certain voices that um, have a resonance with people that will go much further to assist them in their own awakening and their own process of expansion mm-hmm. um, in a way that, exactly. like you're saying, just opening a book like, you know, the Mentaka Encyclopedia, the Mentaka Tour Guide, uh, you know, that's not going to do anything other than what you said, which is just satisfy curiosity. What a gift. Well, thank you so much for doing this with me and sharing all that with me because it definitely was a healing conversation for me as well. And, um, you know, brought so much revelation and joy as always. So, um, um why don't you tell I people did a thing. where they I have a podcast. Find you your um, awesomeness. it's called Fraggling with Serafina. It can be found on all major streaming apps, mm-hmm. Spotify, Stitcher, um, all of the streaming apps. Yes, we can. Yes, we can. <laughs> Apple, iTunes, all those good places. On and it's inst- wonderful, yeah, everybody. On Instagram, I'm Serafina Blackman. Time, so and on Facebook, I'm also Serafina Blackman. So you can um, hit me up there. Oh, I'm also on TikTok. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to build a following on TikTok by releasing funny cat videos. So you can, and, and and when I build up enough following, I guess I could probably do some lives <laughs> and stuff like that. So uh, go oh, follow me great. on TikTok. Um, I am Serafina Fraggle. Oh, I love that. I will go follow you for sure. I just dipped mm-hmm. my toes in the pool probably about a week ago and I can see why everybody gets hooked on it it is such a positive place and um, very supportive and fun and um, 
the just the video production and editing tools, uh, the creativity that that uh, inspires in people and just being able to have all of that available to use. I mean, I've only just barely touched on all of the capabilities on there and everything. And it, it's just, it can be a little overwhelming, but um, I'm, I'm yeah. excited to be on there. I think it's really fabulous. Um, so I can't wait to go watch your stuff. Serafina Fraggle. Well, I will make sure all of that is in show notes as well. And do get in touch with Serafina and also listen to her podcast. You will not regret it. The solo episodes are, are like this other experience where it feels like you share your heart in a way with people that is such beautiful storytelling and always has some sort of a theme or um, a, a lesson yes, I have awesome or guests. an inspiration for people. <laughs> and then your guests are awesome too. So definitely go listen. And thank you so much Absolutely. for being okay. on here. And don't hang up when we finish because we're going to chat more. We're just not going to tell anybody else what we said. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. And I can't wait to have her back. And thank you, Groovers. Uh, we will talk at you next time. And make sure you go listen to part one of this Swapcast conversation. On so do I leave the recording there. now? And then we can, we can chat. Okay, yeah. that's a wrap. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Uh, well, Xenadu Collective, how do we wrap that up, Groovers? <laughs> That was quite an experience, and thank you for coming and listening. Maybe you had to do it in a couple sessions. Uh, and if you haven't already, please make sure you go listen to part one, because it was another delightful and revelatory conversation. Um, I wanted to touch on briefly, because we did talk for another hour after we wrapped that up, and... Part of the reason, you know, it isn't just in an effort to tease information or have some sort of um, ego attachment to the idea that uh, we get to know something and we're, we're the gatekeepers of when other people get to know it. Uh, we're not the Pope. <laughs> and um, <clears throat> the reason for that is, is that sometimes as this stuff comes in that way, it has to be assimilated and absorbed and pondered first before it can be presented in a way that is healing and expanding as Serafina talked about. Um, there are a few little things that came in for me afterwards, though, that I just wanted to add to what we talked about because they seem important uh, for context. Um so, all the planets that are in the same line can see each other. We talked about that. And Mintaka is at a different frequency than Terra, Earth, Gaia. Terra is trying to reunite with her planet family. So, I feel that they're telling us that part of this planetary ascension is, you know... Earth is trying to, Tara is trying to reunite with her loved ones too, in a way, because um, 
once you're all in the same frequency, then that becomes possible. And I think the freak, the frequency is the piece of understanding time and what that really means. Um, because it's more about being in different frequencies, I think. But at any rate, uh, that was one thing that came in. And then as I was listening back and then the other thing that came in really strong, and this is super cool. And I wanted to point this out for anyone who identified with the part about the ringing in the ears that is pleasant and not some sort of ear damage <laughs> and, um, the organ that Serafina mentioned that Mintakin seemed to carry with them here that is, uh, near the bridge of the nose, um, below the third eye, uh, that ringing is like, uh, an ability and I know as I'm saying this, those of you out there who have this experience will understand what I mean. There are different tones. It changes. The song changes and it's, um, it's a way of perceiving energy around you and allows you to have sort of like an early warning system or those you're connected to can um, call you when they need you in a way. And so you hear it as this more insistent, different tone. And over my lifetime of having this experience, I have come to know with more expansion and more awareness and more peace within myself and, and more of a plugging into the sound and really listening, um, with my light and not my ears, there are different tones for different people in my life. And it's quite often I, I will hear, especially my children, my mom, the people that I'm most connected to, they have a different melody. It's, oh, oh my God, it's almost like happy feet. <laughs> We all have a heart song, and we can hear each other's heart songs. But at any rate, um, you know, experiment with that. Experiment to quieting your mind and listening to that. And when you get those intense uh, increases in volume of it, those are, uh, and it's not always that there's trouble necessarily, but it's just there's something urgent that is coming through and someone needs to connect with you or there's a situation that you're being warned about. So start working with that organ, all you men talkings out there. Um, and I can't wait until I get to have another conversation with Serafina about all of this galactic, I don't know, the word history is starting to feel less and less accurate because this fluidity of time says is this history or is it all just happening but as I know Serafita says a lot and I love it every time she says it because it's like oh I want to hear that story she'll say but that's a story for another day and then she'll get back to her subject of the episode 
Um, so thank you. I love you all. Uh, I hope this was healing and activating and awakening for those of you who feel called to their Mintaka heritage. And I love you all. And go listen to some whales and dolphins. I'm telling you, it will make a difference. Sometimes Earth can really feel like a desert road. But that love is always there when you call on it. A desert road from Vegas to nowhere. Someplace better than where you've been. A coffee machine that needs some fixing. In a little cafe just around the bend. Sweet.